Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we are going to be talking about passion in Harry Potter. Yes, we are. Yes. But we also wanted to start doing a little bit of a new segment, right? So before we get started, we want to chat a little bit about how this theme uh, interacts with our lives. So what is something that you're passionate about? So I'm passionate about a lot of things, but one thing that I think I'm definitely very passionate about is learning. Hmm. I love school, even though I've been graduated from college for like eight years. I went back and did a couple classes with my professor, just sitting in and did all the reading. I didn't do the papers or the tests <laughs> because, you know, but just I the did the stuff. reading. <laughs> and yeah, going to lectures and anything like that, I just, I really like and it definitely motivates me. Hashtag Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I'm passionate about geeky stuff, surprisingly. What? I know. Some things that we haven't covered on the, the podcast are especially comic books. Um, I grew up reading comic books quite a bit, and I have read quite a few comic books. Um, so X-Men in particular and Marvel in general are kind of uh, something that I've been very into. I've been very lucky to have it kind of be the, the renaissance of Marvel the last 10 years with the, the Cinematic Universe coming out. So It was just for you. It was for me, yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you, Marvel. Um, <laughs> and to everyone else, you're welcome. well now we should transition over to our quote so to start us out with a quote we have one that takes place in book number four when harry and hermione are at the three broomsticks hermione when are you going to give up on the spew stuff when households have decent wages and working conditions she hissed back you know i'm starting to think it's time for more direct action And I think that she is just a perfect example. Passion for equal rights for themselves Mm -hmm. is such a good example of passion in the books. Yeah, yeah. I I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day about how Ron and Harry tend to be very reactive, but Mm -hmm. Hermione is extremely proactive. Mm -hmm. You know, she's so guided by her passion, especially in this this era for SPEW. But yeah, I think a a good quote for it. This is the perfect segue for me to talk about Hermione <gasps> Granger. A, a passionate character? Hermione? I know. I was thinking about other characters, and there was a lot of characters I could have chosen, but I had to pick Hermione because she's the best, and yes. she's my favorite, and she's so passionate. But it's not only for house elves. She's passionate about so many things, obviously learning and excelling mm-hmm. <laughs> in that learning process. But she's also really passionate in her friendships. You see that with things like the Triwizard Tournament, Mm -hmm. right? That she will stay up all night trying to help Harry on something. It's not her thing. And she's like, okay, you really should have done this before, Mm -hmm. but she'll still stay up and help. And also, I mean, she left school to be with Harry and Mm -hmm. to support him in what he needed to do and what she could obviously help with because if she wasn't there everyone would have died and that leads me to another way in which she's really passionate she's just passionate for doing what's right Mm -hmm. that's one of the things i think i love about her most is that her passion for doing what she believes is right guides her so much that she is willing to be ostracized for it obviously we see that with spew or s-p-e-w the fact that 
<laughs> she has no members, but she doesn't mm-hmm. give up on it. And people don't want to talk to her about it. And people think she's ridiculous for doing it. But it doesn't matter to her because she's doing what she believes is right. And I think we also see that when she turned in Harry's broom. Because she was like, no, this is dangerous. And they're not taking it seriously enough. And so even though for at least, what, a month or something... They just were mad at her, and she was just alone for all of that time. But she did it because she believed it was right. Mm-hmm. And she's willing, she's willing to sacrifice for it. We don't see her sacrifice a lot of personal things in, in the way of, like, safety mm-hmm. or uh, monetary or any of those because she's still a kid, but she's willing to sacrifice what she does have her time and her her relationships because of her passion yeah i'd say actually she sacrifices a whole lot you know she Mm -hmm. in regards to relationships she sacrifices her parents knowing that she exists oh absolutely and and i think that she does sacrifice her safety you know she she goes down into the uh you know the caves below fluffy to get the sorcerer's stone Mm -hmm. sacrificing safety there and then she also sacrifices the the glory that i think a Gryffindor would typically want <laughs> of turning back and letting Harry go forward, you know, mm-hmm. even though she's clearly the more capable person. Yeah. Yeah. Having, having, uh, having Harry go forward. So I, I definitely see that. And, and. Oh yeah. I mean, I think she completely sacrifices all the time, but I think for her passions, mm. I think she sacrifices in the ways that she can as a kid. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is important because a lot of kids don't, mm-hmm. right? We don't, we don't see that sort of passion in most kids for, like, trying to take on creating an organization for rights for other people when you benefit from them not having rights. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah she is amazing and inspiring. Um, truly one of the, like, best female characters of the last hundred years. Like, just mm-hmm. so, so amazing. Because um, clearly they were great ones before right. the past hundred years. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you, you could say all time, yeah. You know, because yeah. yeah, she's just she's wonderful. Um, I mean, mean, she's one of the best characters, period. But mm-hmm. because there's been such a dearth of great female characters, I think that's a, sure. an important thing to to point out. I agree, and I think that was one of the things for me too. Is that one of the things? that I really love about her character, even though she doesn't always do everything right. Mm-hmm. With, obviously, with the house elf situation, she goes about some of it in the wrong way. But because she is so passionate and because at such a young age she has these strong ethics and, mm. like, just guiding her, I don't have any doubt that she wouldn't continue to learn and learn and learn and then get to the point where she's able to listen, right, right. to other communities. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that it'll be hard for her because she also is pretty understandably confident in her positions and in, mm-hmm. in her knowledge. But I think that, yeah, she's, when she starts SPW, she's what, 14, 15? Like, 14, yeah. 14, like, that's amazing. And mm-hmm. for her to do that at that age is is remarkable and i can't i can only imagine um or read on pottermore what she's going to do (laughs) after hogwarts yeah for sure 
So what uh, plot point do you have for me? Uh, My plot point is the at times competing passions of the Weasley family. Okay, okay. Because I think a lot of the strife within the family comes from these different kinds of passions that each of the characters have, Mm. or that many of the characters have. Uh, I think the two most important conflicts are those between Fred and George and their mom, Mm -hmm. and the conflict between Percy and their dad and Arthur. Or the rest of the family. Or the rest of the family. (laughs) But. I think that Arthur's passion is what's seen there because Percy has that passion to succeed, to fulfill his ambition, to do well. Mm -hmm. And he even says that it's Arthur's passion for muggles and his sympathy with muggles that Mm -hmm. has held him back at the ministry, that has stopped him from being able to have a passion like that you know Mm -hmm. um and so i see those passions working at different levels and working against each other in a lot of ways where arthur like hermione in some ways he does what he thinks is right also clearly what he thinks is interesting or cool because he gets so excited (laughs) with the muggle contraptions and 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 being able to use Mm -hmm. muggle money but he believes in it so much that he he is going to hold by that passion even if it does work against him moving up through the ministry you know mm-hmm. he's working against the minister of magic he's working against all sorts of different different social and cultural touchstones that are anti those passions and he has them regardless well and once voldemort comes back it actually puts him and his family at severe risk absolutely right so and mm-hmm. and they do that full steam, and, and I think that that's a really interesting reason as to why they do join the Order of the Phoenix when they weren't part of it the first time is because, mm-hmm. you know, he has this experience in the ministry where he has done what is right, and he's followed his passions, and he's been ridiculed for it, and he's been ostracized for it, and he sees how the structure of the ministry is in and of itself corrupt, and that he will not just stand with the ministry because mm-hmm. they have the quote-unquote legitimacy of being the ministry. Mm-hmm. Whereas Percy, who has different passions, he will do that um, yeah. a- a- until he does finally realize and is able to find a way to fight back, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the seventh book. Side note, I would love to read that from Percy's perspective. Like, what mm-hmm. led him to come back to Hogwarts, you know? Yeah. And what was he... How long was he still working within the ministry while knowing that it was wrong, mm-hmm. you know? I think that'd Absolutely. be your favorite thing. But the other the other conflict I see is, of course, uh, Fred and George's passions to mm-hmm. do what they want to do versus Molly's passion um, to have them be successful in a more traditional sense, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that their passion is so interesting because part of it is I think they want to, to make money, but it's if it was just making money, they would go a safer route, you know? Mm-hmm. They're willing to take these risks because they are following what they believe in, what they want to do, and what they're good at, you know? They, what they enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that shows so much passion for them, so much so that they are willing to take huge risks, again, in book four, you know, where they're mm-hmm. betting all of their money and a fake wand <laughs> to try to to try to you know on on this huge gamble and mm-hmm. for their joke store and I think that that is something that is is just so um, interesting to me when I see their characters because they seem so kind of aloof and over everything but like they're really guided 
in what they're doing by this passion and by this vision they have of what they can do in the future. And even when it's clear that Voldemort is back, they still have this huge, like, place in Diagon Alley that's just Mm -hmm. basically giving the finger to Voldemort and the Death Eaters, you know, with you-know-poo and everything. Like, (laughs) it's it's amazing how, like, when you talk about sacrifice and putting yourself in danger, Mm -hmm. you know, they are absolutely doing that there. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, we have to surmise that Charlie has a lot of passion, too, because Mm -hmm. he's in a very dangerous field Mm -hmm. working with dragons. I'm not really sure about Bill. We don't know too much. That's true, but he was head boy. Yeah. You know, so he he doesn't have the same straight arrow style as Percy does, Mm -hmm. but he clearly is a hard worker, Mm -hmm. you know. And he he is able to earn that kind of thing and, and a good position at Gringotts. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we don't really see too much in Ron and Ginny as far as passion goes. We, we do see that they both like Quidditch a lot. Right. right. I think that would be the biggest thing uh, that they are passionate about, which is just not super compelling to me because I'm not a sports person. Right. <laughs> But, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Ginny has a lot of passion, especially in the later books when you really start getting to know her because... I'm not sure about passion. I think she has a lot of fire. She has that but too. But I don't... Where do you see her having a lot of passion? I see her her getting good at Quidditch even though her brothers wouldn't play with her. I see that as passion, you know? Like, Fred, George, Ron, they all had people to play with when they were going to be doing these things. And she just, like, learned it on her own, despite that. Despite mm-hmm. them not not giving her that the time of day in regards to For me, so. I, I would think it would be difficult to know whether that was passion or whether that was, like, I'm going to prove you wrong, like, determination. I think there's a part of that. Right? And, and I think that that is... My, and, you know, my view of Ginny, I think that is a lot of her character, is this... this, this you know, headstrong, passionate, determined way of standing her own ground and doing what she wants to do, you know? And you can definitely see that when it talks about her dating, too, you know, where she's like, I'm going to do what I, like, I'm going to do, and Mm -hmm. you're not, you have no authority to tell me differently, you know? Mm -hmm. like I I agree, but I wouldn't classify that as passion. I would classify that as determination, as being fiery, as as having those things. But passion, I think, is something that you you don't just fight for, but drives you hmm. as well. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think they overlap in a lot of ways, and I, I, I think, think they that, can. Yeah, that with Ginny, I see her being driven to do what she wants to do as a kind of passion, because you know. I think Ron's actually a really interesting mirror against that because Ron kind of adapts to who he's around, you know? He he would not be going on these adventures if he was not best friends with Harry Potter. He, when him and Harry are fighting, mm-hmm. he starts hanging out with Fred and George and he's more involved with them in that way, you know? Like, he, I think definitely, he can kind of latch on to the people around him and Ginny does not do that. And I think that that's because she has she has that kind of passion that Ron doesn't really have. Because Ron doesn't have a passion for a specific thing. He just wants to be recognized. But mm-hmm. what does he want to be recognized for? Whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. In, in The Mirror of Erised, he's recognized for being everything. head boy, <laughs> Critics Cup champion, like everything, exactly. And uh, that that I don't think that's what 
Ginny would see. I think that she has a more focused passion. And it is about Quidditch and about, and about kind of not only Quidditch, but also like looking at things at her own terms. And maybe that's in part based off of things that are outside of the books themselves because, you know, based off Pottermore and things, I understand what she does afterwards and I, and I kind of kind of see it in that direction. Um, but yeah. Wait, so what does Ginny do after? She becomes a uh, the editor of the sports page in the Daily Prophet. Got it. So she is the Quidditch editor. Like she mm-hmm. is the one, you know, not only talking about this thing, but doing so in at the height of sports mm-hmm. commentary, um, which I think shows that she has a passion and shows that she has that determination that you're talking about to give her perspective on these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So what's your compelling question? So my compelling question for you is what do you think makes Harry Potter fans so passionate? Oh, that is an excellent question. Right? Because there's a lot of geeky series out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously we love a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Five of which we talk about on this, but there's even other things outside of that, especially for you. <laughs> but even with all of those that I really love and enjoy engaging with, there's just something about Harry Potter that just makes it so fun to engage in that fandom and yeah it's just people are so passionate about it like we're passionate about Avatar Last Airbender but I don't really see people being like oh I'm a waterbender and like they deck themselves out in like waterbending garb you know but like houses and Harry Potter it's a big deal they are in that so yeah what do you think I think from my personal perspective, part of it has to do with the generation that grew up with Harry. Mm-hmm. I think that Rowling did a really good job of releasing the books every couple of years mm-hmm. so that for someone like me who started reading a little younger than Harry was in the first book, but for someone who was 12 when the fourth book and the first movie came out and probably 1819 when the last book came out, like mm-hmm. I felt very much like... As Harry grew and as the tone grew in the mm-hmm. books, it was growing along with me. And I think that, you know, this again comes from my personal experience, but our generation and certainly my experience also came with the growth of, I think, understanding and pro- progressiveness. You know, mm-hmm. I think that our generation is more progressive in understanding and the generation past us is even more so where, uh, you know, millennials and post-millennials are extremely progressive in a way that hadn't been in the past Mm -hmm. and there are those messages in harry potter and they grow and grow as you go through the the series i think that it's one of the reasons why it's one of the easiest things to talk about in a podcast like this and there's why there's so many podcasts that do this kind of work with harry potter Mm -hmm. because it's just so compelling and so so deep Mm -hmm. and it has that mix both of the fun boarding school adventure and what it's like to just learn magic in school and this serious, dark, good versus evil fight mm-hmm. that uh, that has wonderful world building and really interesting ways of looking at things and very morally gray characters and just like mm-hmm. so much there that, that you can have these interesting conversations about. I love Star Wars, but Star Wars can be so black and white at times, you mm-hmm. know? And so... That's why I think, you know, a lot of the fandom will do these very archetypical things. They'll dress up as stormtroopers and be, the, you know, the 501st Legion. They'll 
have lightsaber battles. You know, they'll they'll, they'll but there. I think that it's less common to to have these in depth conversations in that fandom mm-hmm. in the way that that it, 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 you can really find a lot of in Harry Potter. Yeah, I I definitely agree, and I think on top of that too is that if we're going to compare something like the Star Wars and, and Harry Potter, I think the characterization, like how compelling the characters are, and maybe part of it is that you're inside Harry's head mm. for so much of the time. So it's this very intimate place to be, that you're experiencing everything as this character is experiencing it. and And that's the hilarious moments and it's the really dark and intense moments and and I think also because J.K. Rowling is just so funny mm. that yeah it really balances the the humor the fun the enchantment of it all with these really deep issues and yeah i think when something's well balanced like that and has like this full range yeah it's just so good it's just and so how good. she to me how she builds yeah like on the story and on the characters so that once you get to book 7 they're unraveling things mm-hmm. about dumbledore is this just like she spends all of this time and like as she gives you bits and pieces of information is just it just draws you in and it makes it so that as you read you're still picking up new things and looking at things in different perspectives and many of those perspectives can be right or wrong there's no clear definition mm-hmm. you know but like we were reading book 5 yesterday and uh at we one read point, it together because we're cute it's extremely cute <laughs> uh and Petunia mentions, you know, that that terrible boy told Lily about Dementors. Mm-hmm. And I've always read that as James. But this reading was the first time I was like, oh, that could be a different terrible boy. She might be talking about Snape. Yeah. Two She's books before we. Yeah, now about I Snape. think she yeah. probably is. But I mean, it could be either way. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something that she's picking up two and a half books earlier than anything that you'd see otherwise, you know? Mm-hmm. And and those kinds of moments are so engaging and so fulfilling as a mm-hmm. fan to have a new perspective on something I love and the characters inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a part of it too is because they are books, mm. right? When we're talking about Star Wars, yes, there are Star Wars books, but if we're talking about the movies and a lot of a lot of the avid fans have read some of the books too, right. but it's all written from different perspectives and sometimes about different characters and with and different authors. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's not quite the same. And then something like Avatar, they started making some comics after, mm-hmm. which I haven't read, which I really should because yeah. I've heard they're good. Um, but yeah, I think she puts so many layers of detail that you won't notice for one to five times after you've read them and so i think that's really compelling and i also kind of wonder if part of it is the fact that they are kids in school Mm. and most people can relate to that Mm -hmm. they can remember a time when they were blank age and what different things felt like whereas 
when you have some of these other series, it's in this fantasy world that is so far removed mm-hmm. from your life here. Like Lord of the Rings, you know, has beautiful storytelling and great characters and everything, but most people don't see themselves in that story mm-hmm. as much. They're not on some quest to save the world. Right. So where you can kind of get a lot of symbolism that you can apply to your life or you can resonate with, it's not quite the same as just these experiences that people have when they're growing up and interacting with friends and crushes and and that. So I think that's probably a part of it too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my compelling question is how do you think passion is experienced and displayed by people of the different houses? Hmm. It seems like every house, for the most, the majority of them are passionate about Quidditch, right? And Mm -hmm. their team, and they're passionate about winning the the House Cup, but... I mean, the Puffs, third or nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Third or nothing. Uh, That was amazing. We don't really get to see a lot about Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So for that, I would just have to make up stuff about what I think rather than what they actually show. So for Ravenclaw, what we do know is that you need a riddle to answer a riddle correctly to get into the common room. So clearly they're passionate about puzzles and figuring things Mm -hmm. out and using... They're being challenged and using their their mind to figure out the answer. And with that, I would guess that there would be a lot of creativity that would happen mm. because they would have questions, right? Well, so this potion does this, but then this ingredient in this other potion does this. What if we change, you know, I, yeah. I could see that happening a lot so that there would be a lot of maybe innovation in in that house um but in general what we do know is that they're passionate about knowledge and wisdom and learning and wit Mm -hmm. so that's awesome hufflepuff i would guess would be passionate about fair play since that's one of the things that is important to them and i know that at least in my family that can be very competitive uh when we play board games and Mm -hmm. all sorts of types of games but paired with that competition is we have the competition, but we also are passionate about fair play. Mm. So it's like, no, that was not according to the rules. And so I could see Hufflepuffs very much being that way. Okay. Um, and I assume that they would probably be pas- very passionate about their friendships mm-hmm. and passionate about their school and passionate about all these things where loyalty would come into play, right? Mm-hmm. Gryffindor is passionate about being a spotlight (laughs) (laughs) they're passionate i mean i guess about doing trying to do the right thing Mm -hmm. although a lot of them i don't know what they're doing most of the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah i they're they're passionate about hating slytherins and vice versa Mm -hmm. slytherins it would seem are passionate about status Mm -hmm. and succeeding more than what i would guess Ravenclaw would be passionate about excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also passionate about some of them. I definitely would not say all and would not assume all are passionate about 
being terrible. I mean, <laughs> being racist, right? They're passionate about things that give them more power. Right. So passionate about power. And, yeah. Interesting. Those are things I guess I would see. Okay. But what, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I kind of had, like, simpler ways of, of thinking about similar things. Where, like, mm-hmm. I think Ravenclaws are passionate about, like, challenging themselves. Mm-hmm. And finding out new things, you know? And, mm-hmm. and kind of experiencing and discovering new things, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas a Slytherin is much more passionate about that success, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether how great they are. What matters is the outcome, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Ravenclaws aren't passionate about those outcomes in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're, they're, they're much more passionate about the journey to get to the, to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, yeah, pa- Gryffindors are passionate about ideals mm-hmm. where Hufflepuffs are passionate about people relationships relationships exactly mm-hmm. um, and that includes everything from their personal relationships and loyalty they have with each other mm-hmm. to what you're talking about with fair, fair play but passionate about people being treated well mm-hmm. you know people treating each other well and mm-hmm. I think those are kind of the ways that I look at, at how those passions are are formed based off of the archetypes of the, the houses mm-hmm. that we, we discover. Yeah, and I think that that's really interesting, and I, I like the kind of streamlined hashtag <laughs> <laughs> that you could you could make for each house. But, yeah, I would definitely say for Hufflepuffs, I would probably put it with relationships, not people, mm. because loyalty can be to a lot of different things, and it's not always just towards people. That's true. But it's something that they had had a relation to Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i just i feel like outside of when hufflepuff is is participating Mm -hmm. they're so much more willing to just like go to a quidditch match and just cheer on the gryffindors or cheer on whoever you know like like i can definitely see the hufflepuffs being the people coming just like i just want us all to have fun you know (laughs) like and it being much less about that that again those those kind of end results Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah i think it's it's interesting yeah all right, well, what about a missed opportunity? So my missed opportunity <laughs> is really about what happens after the books. Okay. My missed opportunity is that Ron Weasley should have been involved in the creation of the House Elf Liberation Front, hmm. like an organization, and then later go on to chair a committee in the Ministry of Magic about hmm. it. Because for me, that would actually show that his passions changed. He became passionate about something that was important because it was right. Mm-hmm. And not just, oh, well, I care because Hermione cares, right? but because he learned and and I think that's for a lot of people, like we use passion and interest synonymously, mm-hmm. where I think it can be, I understand that we can use it that way, but I think when I think about social justice, I think about passion, not interest. Mm. And when... I think it's okay for people to have interests in things that they personally are interested in and it's not encouraged that people should be passionate about these things that are important about 
people who they don't know who aren't going to do anything for them Mm -hmm. but because it's right or because what's happening to them is wrong I think that for me would have would make it so that Hermione and Ron together makes sense Mm -hmm. so because I know a lot of people are like oh Harry should have ended up with Hermione or Hermione should have you know not been with Ron and and I can definitely see that I can see that they do have different connections and they've probably spent a lot of time together worrying about Harry Mm -hmm. but I think if that had happened later if he actually did take what he learned and just learned more and more and really threw himself into that Mm -hmm. that would have made a lot more sense for me yeah no I like that I like the idea of him putting into action this change in perspective because Mm -hmm. Hermione kisses him because of the change in perspective. Yeah. But would she stay with him? Yeah. (laughs) Would she stay with him if, uh, if it was only a a change in perspective? Exactly. Yeah. Um, If there wasn't action to back that up. And I think with how passionate she is about it, I don't know because that's the thing for me. I'm very passionate about, a lot of things and if I don't have a partner who shares that passion not just supports my passion for it but like shares that passion then it's very difficult to have a long-term relationship yeah and and I think that could have been a really great element to his character and the only reason I don't put her as you know the head of these things is because she would be she would be the minister of magic or the you know headmaster of hogwarts so she should just be leading everything yeah anyway so to to be clear you have not yet read the cursed child i have not so i have and i do know what she becomes but i won't say it here but fans just let you know like (laughs) i know i need to. we haven't gotten there yet (laughs) um but okay yeah that that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. what is your missed opportunity my missed opportunity kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier but my missed opportunity is specifically in regards to Ginny in the movies. Because <laughs> I feel like... Yeah. Well, you know this about me. I am definitely a Ginny Harry shipper. I really like their relationship in the books. And in the movies, I don't think that we get that. Because... For a, a number of reasons. But I think that because we don't see Ginny's determination or passion or however we'd want to, to say it... Um, we also don't see why Harry is passionate about Ginny, why Harry feels what he feels about Ginny, you know? Mm-hmm. We're just shown Harry's clearly feeling something about Ginny, but there's no explanation of why, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I like how in the books he kind of discovers that. He he kind of starts seeing it and be like, oh, is this something here? And then he starts admiring things about her and seeing, talking about how he's seen her in different ways. And... I really, really appreciate that. And I think that that through her standing up for herself and being determined, I see someone who I, who I admire in a lot of ways. And I think that, that Harry is seeing that same thing. And we're supposed to be seeing that through Harry's perspective. And in the movies, we, you know, for many reasons, including the fact that we just don't have time for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the casting of Ginny was... Mm-hmm was not done in a way that was, 
I think, thinking about this long-term relationship. I think it was thinking also, about... Also, it's, like, such a young age, it's kind of hard to... Very, very true. Yeah. I, I, frankly, they got very lucky that so many of the actors were so good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think that that it just is something that's missing from the movies in ways that, that really bummed me out because it is one of my favorite things about book six, which is my favorite book, so... Mm-hmm. Well, and so that's interesting because I know you are a fan of Ginny, and I had never really been. Mm-hmm. Not that I really disliked her, I just was kind of ambivalent because there were things I liked about her, there were things I did not like about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, about that fieriness, I think sometimes she uses it to do mean and cruel things, mm-hmm. which I never appreciate. Um, and I don't appreciate about her siblings sometimes either, mm-hmm. right? But I think you you do see her fire and her determination, but I never, still never really understood that much why Harry really fell for her. And I mm. think part of it is just because she's not in it that much. And so you get to know other characters. Well, you don't really get to know that many female characters that well Mm -hmm. right so you have Hermione and like who can stand up to Hermione because she's like just the best Mm -hmm. so it was just like anyone in comparison there weren't I don't know I just it was just like why wouldn't everyone just love Hermione for sure yeah I I don't know I I think for me that is actually something that came in on rereadings as well because the more I saw of her progression from just little sister and just the damsel in book two mm-hmm. through up to someone you know harry says this in the books where it's you know after she started talking to them he felt he, he saw that he could get along with her a lot better mm-hmm. and then later on he's like oh like she has changed in so many ways she's no longer this this character and she talks about how you know she stopped being nervous because she thought it never would happen or whatever it might mm-hmm. be you know but I think that we see by book four, which we just finished, that she uh, she's able to joke around with Harry and, and Ron and Hermione in ways that, that, you know, weren't the case beforehand. And she and Hermione clearly have an interesting friendship. And then book five, I love when she calls Harry out about thinking that he's possessed by Voldemort. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite scenes of her standing up to Harry and calling him an idiot because he's so self-centered that he hasn't he doesn't realize what it's you know he has someone there who's been through this and mm-hmm. I like that uh, about her I think that Harry especially in book five kind of eats that why well, not that's one of the reasons you like me <laughs> you call me out all the time yeah absolutely so yeah it's just it, I like seeing that progression and I don't think that we see it in the movies at all mm-hmm. and i think in the books it's yeah, definitely in the not movies, obvious it's just gone yeah and yeah like i just wish it was more in the books mm. and i understand why it's not because it's like that's not the focus and i actually i don't know i go back and forth because i appreciate that it's not <laughs> right. right because it's like romance is not the focus of these books mm-hmm. the, the focus is this fight right mm-hmm. the fight against evil and oppression racism bigotry all of these things and so so i think it's good but it's just it does make it a little harder to be like oh and they liked each other when they were 16 and then they got married later i guess how often does that happen right yeah so yeah Yeah, makes sense Mm. well why don't we get to our our lessons learned our takeaways do you have a takeaway from this discussion yeah so i think my 
takeaway would be kind of from your question about the houses, right? Mm -hmm. Would be that maybe a good way to go would be that we should be passionate about a lot of these things, Mm. right? We should be passionate about our ideals. We should be passionate about, I mean, if they're the right ones. (laughs) (laughs) If not, don't be so passionate and I'll change your mind. (laughs) (laughs) We should be passionate about that that process of of learning Mm. about bettering ourselves, uh, about being challenged. We should be passionate about our relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think we should really be passionate about success. And that's, I think, where the downfall of the Slytherin house lies. Mm. Um, If it was be passionate about resourcefulness, if it's resourcefulness for doing good things with that resourcefulness or doing loving things, then yes, absolutely. But just passionate about success, I I don't think so. But at least the other three houses, I think, like trying to have all of those and balance all of those rather than just it being based on one I think can leave a lot to be desired and can leave a lot of gaps and can can cause a lot of dysfunction so yeah yeah absolutely what about you well my takeaway is kind of talking uh, taking a lot of different things that we're talking about and, and seeing I kind of just realized how you know, book six is very much about relationships and about people um, being annoying in relationships, being annoying in relationships, <laughs> part, and, and building new relationships, and 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 you know, uh, or not building new relationships, or, or whatever it might be, you know. But it is very kind of interpersonal relationship focused for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I like that book seven isn't about that. Mm-hmm. Book seven is about the passion for the mission. You know, mm-hmm. book seven is the passion for what's right to the point where Harry is so passionate for it and knows that it's right that he's willing to die for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is really, really amazing because I, I think that many times media in our culture becomes about the romance, even if it's not supposed to be about the romance, mm-hmm. you know, where the the last act is always about them getting together just as much as it is about the protagonist defeating the antagonist or whatever it might be or, mm-hmm. or the conflict coming to a head, you know. And many times it even seems like either that's the reward or that's really the goal is that defeating the antagonist allows you to be with the the typically the woman because it's usually a male hero, unfortunately. Yeah. But Which I like... just disproportional yeah. in, you know, society. That wouldn't be the case. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like how that book is not about that. How We have a bit of that in the epilogue where we just kind of see who gets together with whom, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily focus on that. And, and except for the kiss between Hermione and Ron, mm-hmm. which like isn't even focused on after the fight, you know, like maybe, mm-hmm. I think maybe we see them holding hands or something, but it's not like, it's not this huge exuberance about this romance because yeah. what was important was the battle and the deaths that the deaths that occurred there and the losses they had and yeah it wasn't oh so now people can be happy together in mm-hmm. their relationships it was now you don't have a tyrannical force mm-hmm. coming in to oppress people that they deem less than yeah exactly so so i just i really like that about harry potter i like i admire the fact that 
by making the last act be all about the mission, mm-hmm. it makes the whole story really about the mission. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, we want to thank some of our fans. Yes, because we do. the last couple of weeks we've had two different pieces of fan art created about the show. Which is the most Buckwild thing I've ever experienced in my life. I, <laughs> you just said Buckwild. Uh, I just think that it's... I, I'm flabbergasted and overwhelmed by the fact that there's fan art of us. Like, that's ridiculous and amazing and so, yeah. so wonderful. Yeah, so I just never expected to have fan art made of me. Nope, never. <laughs> and not only just fan art, but adorable really, fan art. Really, really cute fan art. So, yes, it's amazing. And, yes, you should check out the two people who drew it. So, one, we have at Wondershins on Instagram and also at Lacelet. The designer of our logo. Yeah. So you really need to check it out. Yeah, I kind of want to just make them like my profile photos, like for right? my personal page, not even for yeah. the page. Oh, no, why not? For Geek Critique like, because it, they're so it good. It would just, it could be your profile picture forever. Exactly. So fun. And if any of you have any skills and want to make fan art of us, we are perfectly happy to receive that <laughs> it's honestly the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life but sure like yeah thank you and and we are so grateful and so like overwhelmed and just wow but if you don't have drawing skills like chris yeah i still can't color in the lines <laughs> then then you can write us an email yeah um before we wrap up we need to figure out what we're doing next week So next week, we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, and let's get our topic. Death. Death in Lord of the Rings. Death in Lord of the Rings. All right. That'll that'll be a good one. It will, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also send us an email at geekbetween at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines. Or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks very much. Geek Geek out. out!